It's nice to see everyone this morning. The handbells are doing the prelude this morning, and so I wanted to share a story with you before they play. In preparation for the 1954 Billy Graham Greater London Crusade, music director Cliff Barrows was compiling a songbook to be used by the participants. Someone in London suggested that To God Be the Glory should be included. Barrows did not know the song, but on the strong recommendation of some English advisors, he included it in the songbook. It became a favorite hymn. Delighted with this newfound song, Barrows returned to the United States and later introduced it in the 1954 crusade in Nashville, Tennessee, where it was sung enthusiastically in Vanderbilt University's football stadium. This was by no means a new song, and it didn't even originate in England. It is an American gospel song written by Fanny Crosby with the music composed by William Howard Doan of Cincinnati. Intended as a song for Sunday school children, To God Be the Glory was originally entitled Praise for Redemption. Compilers of subsequent collections of gospel songs seem to have overlooked this song, and for 80 years it was forgotten. Crosby's text is in an objective style that is rarely found in her gospel song lyrics. It is a straightforward expression of praise to God, rather than a poem in her usual subjective style. The refrain of Doan's tune with the repeated praise the Lord, praise the Lord, provides worshipers an opportunity to praise. I'm glad that Cliff Barrows came across that song and brought it back across the ocean where the song started in the first place. And I know that most of you, if not all of you, are familiar with the song. So listen now as we share a rendition of To God Be the Glory for Handbells by a well-known and well-loved handbell music composer.
Thank you, Candy and Henbells. Good morning. We welcome you to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us today. If you are a guest or a visitor in our midst, we invite you to take a look at your bulletin that you received on your way in. On that bulletin, there is a tear out. Uh, we would invite all of you to tear that out of your bulletin this morning. There's a spot on that tear out for some information that we could get to know you a little better. Uh, there's a place for a phone number and an email address. Those have been added here in the last few weeks. If you'd like to receive emails or text messages from our church um, of alerts and different things like that, we invite you to fill out that information and to place that in the offering plate as it goes by later in our service. On the back of that tear out, there's a, there's a spot for prayer requests. We would invite any of you who may have uh, concerns or issues on your hearts to fill out that information and to place that in the offering plate as it goes by later in our service. You may have noticed that there are some flyers placed in our lobby in the back of our sanctuary and in other places around our church. These flyers are for a youth barbecue Boston butt fundraiser. Miles Hamrick has volunteered, um, and we greatly appreciate that, to cook our Boston butts. Um, and so the youth will be selling those for $40. If you would like to do that, uh, the orders will be due one week before Easter. Um, and the pickup for these Boston butts will be on Good Friday, the Friday right before Easter. So if you're interested in buying a Boston butt, you have a few weeks to do so. You can come see me or Mary, come see one of the youth, um, and we would be happy to sell that to you as we approach uh, the Easter holiday. We are glad, we are excited that you have chosen to worship with us at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. May we all prepare our hearts for worship this morning. Please join us in singing the congregational call to worship, Bless the Lord, O oh My Soul. As we begin our worship service this morning, I'm going to be reading from the book of Psalm, chapter 95, verses 1 through 7. Psalm 95, 1 through 7 reads, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. 
Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Our hymn of praise this morning is number 56. Hymn number 56, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. If you are able, please stand and join us in singing. the children to come forward. Good day to stay home. Let us pray. Dear Lord, bless my children, bless our children. Today, wherever they may be with their families and friends, let us remember today as we talk about thirst that you are the one who fills us up. You are the one who provides for us every day. We are thankful for your son. 
We are thankful for this gift of this beautiful day. As we remember, this is the day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In, in your son's name, amen. Thank you, Ellen. I know we have a lot of little ones here this morning, but uh, we hope and pray that our school-age children are doing well this morning. Uh, before I pray this morning, I have several things that I need to mention, first of which, and most important, uh, can be, be in prayer for Matt and Vicki Whitfield. Many of you know that Matt Whitfield's younger brother passed away suddenly on Friday, and be in prayer for them, not only for comfort, but also for traveling uh, safety and mercies as they travel to Kentucky uh, at this time. And so, again, that's Matt Whitfield's younger brother. And also, many of you have also heard, but uh, Wilda Perrin passed away this weekend, and um, very godly and just a wonderful, wonderful Christian lady. And her funeral services will be Tuesday night at 7 o'clock here in the church. And if you would like to sing in the choir, which would be a big part of this service, you're invited to join those in the choir room at 6.30. This will be a combined choir, not only with our church, but also with Cliffside Baptist Church. And so uh, that service, again, will be Tuesday night for Wilda Perrin here in the sanctuary at 7 o'clock. But be in prayer for Phil, uh, his daughters, and the family uh, at this time. Before I pray today, I, if you'll bear with me just a few moments, I want to uh, mention a few things that are really important in the life of our church as we move forward over the next several weeks and into the Easter season and into our services of renewal that we'll be having later in April. But because I will not be here next week, I want to mention it today. But next week I will be, and I invite you to pray for me, but I will be down at Green Bethel Baptist Church sharing in the sermon, and we'll be having a pulpit swap. Wade Wallace, pastor at Green Bethel, will be here at Boiling Springs next Sunday. And so be in prayer for me and for Wade as we do this. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's uh, just, I think it'll be an enjoyable time for everyone. And uh, be in prayer for us as we, as we share this next Sunday. But because I won't be here, I want to share just a few things with you really quick. And I have a slide prepared, if we could pop that up, that has some dates on it for April. And uh, you'll see some dates here. April the 9th will be a big Sunday. Our choir and, and band and I think there's all, and, and speakers, drama. It's a musical drama called Celebrate Life. It's a big deal. Uh, they have been practicing. It's been, it's, they've had some wonderful practices. They still have a little work to do. But we're looking forward to what will be happening here on April the 9th. And would encourage you to be here, bring some friends with you, um, and it just be a big Sunday. April the uh, 13th is a Monday, Thursday during Holy Week at 7 o'clock. Easter, of course, Easter morning, we'll have sunrise at 645. We looked it up. I'm sorry, but that's when the sunrise is. Sunrise is 645. We'll be meeting in our prayer garden. Which way am I? This way. Yes. Um, and uh, then having a pancake breakfast afterwards. And there's a reason I'm mentioning all these dates, and I'll get to that in just a minute. But, uh, and then we'll have, of course, our normal Easter service that morning. But then the, April the 23rd through the 25th, we'll be entering into some services. I, I don't think we've had these in quite some time, but we're calling them services of renewal, or renewal services, I think is what's on your slide there, with the Reverend John Broom. He is from Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, wonderful, wonderful preacher. And uh, he'll be with us Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. And I want to encourage you to begin to uh, make plans to be here for those services. It'll be some, a great time of, of renewal. But uh, also, let me mention this, April the 12th and 19th, because of the services that we'll be having and the emphasis church-wide and community-wide on these, on these services, we'll be having special nights of prayer on Wednesday night, April the 12th, and Wednesday night, April the 19th. And these prayer groups, we'll have a total of four prayer groups, two on the 12th and two on the 19th, that will be meeting off campus. 
And I want to encourage you to just to be listening, uh, listening and, and reading, whether it's emails or your bulletin information, and we'll be announcing more details about that. But it will be a time to pray both for our Easter services and for these services of renewal and for our community as we gather somewhere off campus. There's always something, I think, special when uh, the church gathers and meets somewhere off campus to pray for our community and for our church. And the reason that I've shared all this is, is this, this is why. This last week, uh, the staff and uh, evangelism committee have been meeting now for two or three months and for the first time in a long time. And um, we will be sending out uh, the last week of March, we'll be sending out 2,500 large, nice looking postcards that will have all of these dates with some other information on it about our church. These will hit every P.O. box in 28017, and they'll hit three mailing routes in 28152. And so these will be going out. We have posters that will be going up in area businesses explaining these dates and mentioning these dates. But the reason I share all this with you is to invite you to join me and the staff and your deacons and other leaders in prayer as we uh, pray for these services and as we invite others in our community. We'll be having extra postcards that you can give to other people that may have not received one or at work or at school or wherever it may be. And so we just want to encourage you uh, to be a part of this now and begin thinking and praying about your involvement in this month of April. It's going to be a great month, a great month for our church and a great month for our community. I anticipate seeing new faces and uh, we need to be prepared and ready when, to welcome and to receive those new faces as they come and to uh, share with them the love of Christ. So uh, I invite you again to join me in your prayers and in preparation as we as a church make, make plans and preparations for a great month. And uh, just wanted to get that uh, to you today uh, because I will not be here next week. But I invite you to join me in prayer for these events. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for the handbells, the story behind the song that they shared with us. Lord, we're thankful for each one here today. Father, we come from the youngest to the oldest, Lord, with different things on our hearts and minds that could and may distract us today from truly worshiping you. Father, help us to now center our thoughts upon you. You tell us in Psalm 4610 to be still and to know that you are God. And Father, in a world that we live in that's so busy and hectic and there's so many demands and, and, and things that pull at our attention, Father, we pray today and at this moment, at this hour, that we would turn our attention fully to you. We pray that you would speak to us in new and fresh ways. We pray that you would speak to us in ways that we each need to be spoken to. You know us better than we know ourselves. And so, Father, help us today to partake of this living water. Father, we pray for comfort for the family of Matt Whitfield. We pray for comfort for Phil Perrin and his family in the passing of Wilda. What a dear, dear lady. Father, bless them this day and this week. Father, we commit this service to you and ask this prayer in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said, amen. Number 323, Come Ye Sinners, Poor and Needy. Number 323, if you are able, I invite you to stand and join in singing. 
Father, we thank you once again for a beautiful day to worship in your house. Father, we're thankful for the gifts that you bless us with. Father, we pray now, Lord, you would bless the gift and the giver of the gift. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
like to invite you to join me as we read today's scripture. Uh, you can find it on page 925 in your pew Bibles, and we'll continue to page 926 as well. We'll be starting in John 4, verses 5 through 19, and then skip over to 25 through 30, and then end up at 39 to 42. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob, had, Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and so Jesus, wearied as he was with his journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, and his sons and his cattle? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband. This is said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now continuing in verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, and none said, but none said, What do you wish? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the city and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? 
They went out of the city and were coming to him. And we'll end starting at verse 39. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of your words that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Amen. Thank you, Sandy. Where's he at? Alan? Did he disappear? He, he went out? Uh, I, let me see. Um, Jake, would you mind doing something for me? In my office, on my desk, or Heidi making may can help you, but on my desk there is a church directory, and I need that church directory for my sermon this morning. I looked around at the choir this morning, I looked at Lori Lancaster, and she looked at me like I was getting ready to talk. Jamie, are you going to get it? Thank you, Jamie. But it's a church directory on my big desk, in front of my other desk. Um, and a t-shirt. There's a t-shirt. I need that too. But I apologize. I walked out this morning. I had a million things on my mind. But I don't know how many of you have read what's in the front of the directory. But I want to look at that briefly this morning in the midst of our time together. So I'm sorry to get off on a rocky start like that this morning with the sermon. But uh, these last few weeks have been exciting. I hope that you are anticipating, uh, like I am, um, Easter Sunday. And uh, to me, it's not only Easter Sunday, but it's a part of what... Uh, uh, we go through that leads us up to that celebration that allows us to have the celebration that we do. We remember the events of Christ and his life and, and what took place. And so I hope you'll plan on being here uh, for our Monday, Thursday service at seven o'clock that night. And then of course, for Easter Sunday services. But the last few weeks, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at temptation as we, as we talked about uh, this new sermon series, Boot Camp for Renewal. We talked about the fact that uh, we can be tempted. Do we want to enter into this season of renewal? Do we want to experience renewal in our own hearts and our own lives, or do we just want to kind of go on with the status quo and, and with the way things are? That would be a lot easier. It's a lot, it's a lot tougher to say, you know what, I do want to experience some renewal. I, I do want to see and experience Christ in new and in fresh ways. And so we're faced with the temptation. Do we go down that route or do we continue on as normal? And last Sunday, we reminded ourselves that things can change that we don't have to continue on with the way things are. And we were reminded of that as we looked at Nicodemus in John chapter three. Nicodemus's faith. Alan, you are the man. Thank you. I don't, was Jamie going out? What was he? Maybe he just, oh, he was, you, you guys. You, you are, I tell you what, I, well, I got a good youth minister. Thank you. Um, we'll, we'll set that here for a moment. But uh, we looked at Nicodemus, and Nicodemus' faith was a process. You know, I don't think in that moment when he came to Jesus that day at that time that he was fully where he was when we find him later in John chapter 19. But Nicodemus' faith was a process. And uh, with, with you and I, it's often that way as well. We may look back to a time when we came to know the Lord, when we were born again. But with Nicodemus, we see this process. We see him coming to Jesus with the questions, but then yet we see Jesus guiding the conversation. And so we looked at Nicodemus. But today... We were reminded of the importance of staying spiritually 
hydrated. We, Jesus here with the Samaritan woman, uh, Joe Webb a few months ago did a great job in helping us to see this woman in a new light a few weeks ago uh, for our men's Sunday. The focus today though is specifically on the living water. And as I begin, I want to share with you some sad news. Uh, it, it's maybe not, it, it doesn't involve terrorism or, or, or any kind of violent act, but it's, it's, it's bad in another way. I was watching the Today Show one morning. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I try to watch maybe like 10 minutes at, right at 8 o'clock when they show all the things that are happening, good or bad, in the world today and all this. But I watched it a little bit longer last week, and Dr. Oz was on talking about healthy living, and it was some new study, new reports that had all come in. From, it was like, kind of like a cumulative study of all these things related to food and healthy living, healthy eating specifically. Uh, and he listed the top six healthiest foods that anyone could eat. And I'm not going to quote to you all those six foods, but it was things like you might imagine. It was the green vegetables and the fruits and the nuts and all those kinds of things. But then it was a top 10 list. The bottom four things were the four things that you should avoid. And here's where we get to the sad news. One of the foods that we should avoid are sugary drinks. That's, that was terrible for me. That was just devastating for me to hear that. I, I guess I knew it all along. You know, we, didn't, we know that sugary drinks aren't good for us. But the problem is I drink a lot of sweet tea. I do. I could drink it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and any time in between. I love some good sweet tea. But I'm getting better about that. I realize it's not good, and, and, and I am getting a little better about that. But um, I was reminded in thinking about, again, this was last week, and thinking about the sermon for today, and I started just thinking more about this. And uh, with what little research I did, you found out that the body is 70% water. I don't know how many of you, or two-thirds water. Some of you that are in healthcare, or you, you, you just kind of, you kind of know that, but it's uh, 70% water. Water is vital for strong, healthy muscles, for joint health. It helps us maintain strong immunity system. It helps us stay healthier so we don't get catch colds. It's great for our mental health. I found out that it can balance our moods. It, don't, don't elbow anybody if you're sitting beside your husband or wife. It can promote memory function. It helps with digestion. Water helps us in so many ways. The importance of staying hydrated cannot be overemphasized. I know because as a pastor, I visited with some in the hospital who later I had been told that they were dehydrated. They would say, well, the reason I'm up here is the doctor said, and it kind of like, kind of like they knew it all along is when, when they tell me this, but it's, it's, you know what? The doctors have said, I'm, I'm dehydrated. I just need to be, I need to be drinking more. But when we lose too much water or we're not taking enough water in, our bodies may become out of balance or even in severe cases can lead to death. Lots of things can lead to dehydration. Uh, things that we eat, too much salt, uh, fever, upset stomach, heat, too much exercise. But when our bodies are not hydrated, when our bodies do not have enough water, we can become faint, weak, we can become confused. And some of you have been there and experienced this. In some cases, we can experience uh, heart palpitations or even a swollen tongue. But in today's passage, today in our sermon text, we begin to envision, envision Jesus as he was having this strange discussion with this Samaritan woman about water. If we could put up today's painting. We see on her face, there we go. We see on his face, if you can imagine Jesus, they're talking about water and she thinks they're talking about regular water. And there were several different paintings that I could have chosen today, but I, I, I've chosen this one. Her face, you can see she's looking at him. This is, must be near the beginning of the conversation because her face is kind of like, I'm not so sure what you're talking about. You know, this, this living water. When Jesus said, Let, let's look at it. In John 4, thank you, Sandy, for reading that. Such a great uh, reading of that. Uh, in verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him 
and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? And so you see this look of puzzlement, almost a little bit of mistrust on her face. You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. You've heard this many times in Sunday school and from pulpits like this before, but we know that, you know, Jesus was, first of all, talking to a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. Uh, Jews, devout Jews saw the Samaritans as half-breeds. And then we know that Jesus not only was talking to a Samaritan, but a Samaritan woman. And so there's this look of, of, of puzzlement or, of, like I said, maybe even a little bit of distrust in, uh, in, in, in this lady as she's looking at Jesus. But as we want to know more about what living water, what Jesus meant when he was talking about the living water, if you look in John chapter 7, just a few chapters and verses over from where we're at in John 4, John 7, Jesus said these words that give us a better idea of what he means when he mentioned this living water. He says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me and anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. You've heard this story before, and I think we've got a map that we can show as well. But Jesus and his disciples were down in Judea in the southern kingdom. And uh, the crowds, Jesus had, had, had begun his ministry for a while now, and the crowds were becoming a little more intense, uh, possibly violence. And Jesus realized that he needed to get back to his home in Galilee. And the ways that he could do that is he could go to the left and go up the coast, as some Jews would do. He could go to the right on your map and go up uh, the Jordan River Valley and go up that way. It was a much safer way, and they didn't have to, they could have avoided Samaritans. But the most direct route, was to go through Samaria. He could go again down from Jude in Judea up through Samaria and you can see the Sikar on the, on the map there back up to Galilee. And so this was the route that Jesus and his disciples took. And it says in John chapter four, this is the route that he must go. It, 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 it was an infinitive uh, this is something he must do. And it, we don't know exactly why we can say that it was the spirit maybe that, that, that said that he must go this way. As we look through scriptures, there are so many stories of our heroes of the faith that have to do with water. We can go back to the Old Testament and hear stories of well as well. We can think about it at creation and we can go all the way to the end of times uh, when the, it speaks of the, um, the river of life in the end times. But we are a people whose spirituality is framed in the cleansing and the life-giving qualities of water. Many of you have heard me before speak of the history of Boiling Springs as a town. And you cannot speak of the history of the town without speaking of the bubbly springs that existed some years ago and that is still there today. But uh, I want to read to you just um, uh, some of the words that I have in the directory. Um, some of you may have read it and some of you uh, may have, have looked over it or may want to um, look at this again later. But uh, I speak of the history of the town, but let me go on to the second paragraph. It says, throughout history, people have settled near sources of water. We cannot live without water, for without water we would die. 
Using the analogy of water, Jesus describes our need for God through which we can live eternally. We see this need in Scripture, most notable of which is from Jesus as he was stopping to rest at Jacob's well. It was here, again, that he shared with the Samaritan woman, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. And this is what I wanted to share. Drinking water from community springs can satisfy our physical thirst. However, Jesus spoke of a spiritual thirst for God that could only be quenched in him. In John 7, 38, Jesus said to a group gathered there for a feast, who who believes in me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, we gather together to experience the living water that sustains, nourishes, and enriches our lives so that we might tell others of the living water that we have found. Like the early church, Boiling Springs Baptist Church is made up of ordinary people who have been transformed. Now we are called to let the river flow the river of God's good news found in unconditional love and grace of Jesus Christ. Though we are a diverse people of background, education, occupation, and opinion, we are committed to living in a faith community through our words and deeds. Through the ministries and missions of Boiling Springs Baptist Church, we hope others will gather with us and partake of this life-giving water. This life-giving water. As we said earlier, we can't live without water physically, nor can we live without the Spirit of God, nor can we live eternally without the Spirit of God in and through our lives. As we drink water to hydrate our physical bodies, we must drink of the Spirit to hydrate ourselves spiritually. We think about a comparison this week that I thought about this. Um, We do this hydrating ourselves spiritually, first of all, through the reading of His Word, through spending time in prayer, through music, and through worship. Um, you know, we can, we can get in the shower and get wet. We can sit in a pool. We can do other things, but it's something with this water that must be partaken of. It must be something that we experience and allow the water to enter into us. Can only, bring, only when we do that can it bring about restoration, again, from the inside out. The same is true for many of us spiritually. Uh, many of us own multiple copies of the Bible. Uh, raise your hand if you mo- own more than one copy of the Bible. That'd be pretty much almost everyone in here. We own multiple resources, probably more than ever in the history of Christianity are there more resources now. Um, We we partake of those resources and utilize those resources both personally and both here for our church. Technology is a great tool. If we don't have the book or the resource that we need, we can go online and we can find a host of resources that will help us to grow in our faith and will help us to live out this faith. But again, much like sitting in a pool or getting wet in the shower, again, it's something partaken of, and it's something that we must take in to us and drink of it. And what are our wells today? Let me ask you that. What are our wells today? Where, uh, where and what are our sources for spiritual hydration today? How can we experience the living water that Jesus has for us today? Just as we need his word to hydrate us spiritually, we need to be mindful of what leads to spiritual dehydration. As I mentioned earlier, physical hydration, you think of salt, you think of uh, caffeine or alcohol, maybe excess heat or sickness can lead the body to to be dehydrated. Spiritual dehydrators, and I mentioned earlier in my prayer, are busy schedules. 
I don't know about you, but uh, this can be one for me sometimes. The demands of, of just life and things that come up, if we're not careful, we can become drained. We can become spiritually dehydrated simply from staying too busy. It's not that we're doing bad stuff. It's just that we're staying way too busy. Whether you're a working person or a retired person, you know, my dad said he didn't know that being retired was so busy when he first retired, but, you know, going this and doing, taking care of these different things. But if we're not careful, our busy lives and just the normal day-to-day things can be a spiritual dehydrator. They can suck spiritual life out of us if we're not careful. Maybe it's a feeling that dehydrates us. Maybe it's holding on to bitterness or anger. Um, and that can suck spiritual energy out of us. Maybe it's allowing wrong entertainment into our lives, things that we are using or finding, whether it's on the computer or our phones or maybe the TV, but it's allowing things into our hearts and into our lives, into our minds that are beginning to suck spiritual energy out of us. In order to experience spiritual renewal, we must stay hydrated. If not, our spiritual lives will be hindered and what God desires to do in us and through us will be hindered. Spiritual hydration is essential for transformation. In Jeremiah 2.13, God himself said that he was the fountain of living water. That he was the fountain of living water. On the back of the shirts here at Boiling Springs, uh, the t-shirts are, first of all, our logo. I mean, if you've noticed our logo, it, it may be obvious to some and maybe not to others, but in our Boiling Springs logo, which I don't have up right now, but on the front of front of our directory, we have the little water, the little watermark or the little water wave. And it kind of reminds us not only of the history of our town and the significance of water for the community of Boiling Springs, but it also reminds each of us that we are the conduits through which Christ, his spirit flows through us. As this uh, lady, as Jesus was talking to her about what it means to know and to experience living water and that she must, if she drinks of this, that um, she will have it for eternal life. Uh, You and I also today are the conduits or the, the pipes, if you will, as I like to think of it like that, but the vessels through which Jesus flows this living water. But on the back of our, the, the Boiling Springs t-shirts, it says, it's got John 4, 14, the water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. My hope and prayer is that as we move throughout the season of Lent, as we move throughout our uh, services that we have coming up in April and not only our renewal services as well, is that that water, that this spirit of God will spring up into us. Not only will it help us and lead us to be in a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, but other people will take notice of this as well. And we just can't help ourselves but to share this living water with the community that we live in. Those at our workplace, those within our schools, those within the snack shop and the restaurants, the way we live and the way we conduct ourselves in this community. May Christ and his living water be full in us. May, it, may we not only be full of 70% water, but may we be full 100% of Jesus Christ and take every opportunity that we can to live out what it means to be his people, to be his disciples, and learn and grow more about what it means to love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. In front of me this morning, and this has been uh, at times in our sanctuary before or in the lobby or at other places in the church, but you see a fountain. And if we're quiet, we can hear the fountain. I don't know, some of you may have noticed this when you come in and others may just be noticing it for the first time. But one of the things that I love about this fountain is that it's, it's pots, but not only is it pots, but it's broken pots. The bottom one 
is broken. And I remind each of you and each of us here this morning, I'm thankful that God still uses broken pots to carry forth his living water. Uh, I am flawed in some ways, just as all of us are flawed and have our, have our, um, our, our humanity is, is something that uh, we, we can't hide from, but we all have our flaws, we all have our sin. But I'm thankful that God still uses you and still uses me to carry forth this living water. And so I invite you as we move forward, not only today and through the end of March, but as we move forward into a new month and celebrating uh, Easter and preparing for Easter as we prepare our own hearts to experience spiritual renewal, I invite you to join me not only in praying for these services and praying for our church and praying for our community, but praying in ways that you and I can be this living water to our community and to the lives of everyone that we come in contact with. Each time that you see the church logo, each time that you see the water fountain, uh, we have blue shirts, blue pins that we sometimes give away. And so we are reminded, I hope that's that's the theme and the thing that you remember as you see these things on a continual basis at church. Every Sunday we have the church logo, that's where it is, it's on the front of your bulletin. And so I hope every time you see that, uh, we haven't emphasized it, I don't think enough, but I hope every time you see that, not only do you think of the history of our town, but you also also think of the fact that Jesus is the source of the living water. He is the source of the living water for the Christian who has been a Christian for many, many years and is continuing to have that desire to grow and to experience more of Christ. But he is that living water as well for the person who is far from Christ and who desires to experience the forgiveness and the love that only Christ can offer. Do you know and have you responded to the living water of Jesus Christ? And what are your wells today? And are you drawing living water from those wells? Are you looking and seeking out? Are you reading those Bibles that you said you have in your home? Are you seeking out other resources, devotional books, and things that will help you grow in your faith? My hope and prayer again is that as we continue to move toward Easter Sunday, that you and I will experience renewal. And I think that renewal is something that the community will, is something that the community will take notice of. And, um, My hope and prayer again that each of us can experience and grow in what it means to know and to live within this living water that's offered through Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for each one here today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this story that we have of Jesus encountering this woman by the well. And that Lord, not only uh, did they talk about the physical water, but Lord, you shared with her how she can experience living water. And that, Lord, as she does that, you promised her and you promised us that we will never thirst again. That, Father, this water not only would fill us now, but, Lord, would, uh, would be there for us in eternity as well. So, Father, help us as believers, as individuals. Father, first of all, help us to receive your Holy Spirit, to receive your Son, Jesus Christ, and enter into a relationship with you. And as we do that, Lord, your Holy Spirit, that living water, will begin to flow and move in us in new and fresh ways. So Father, we give you permission this morning to do that individually. But as you do that individually, we also know that you will begin to do that corporately as well within our body of believers here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. Father, as we move forward into a season of Lent, as we move into the season, uh, as we move in closer to Easter, Father, we pray that you would do your transforming work, that you would do your work of renewal in each of our hearts that would lead us to look more like you. Father, we love you. I pray for each one here today and pray that you would speak to them in ways that they need to be spoken to. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're here today and you've never responded to this gift 
that doesn't have to be earned, that uh, you don't have to be good enough to receive it, but it's here for each of us. If you are here today and would like to respond to this gift of free living water that's offered through Jesus Christ, uh, I would be happy to talk with you more about that. Uh, if you're here today and desire church membership or simply desire to pray, uh, we invite you uh, to feel the freedom to do that at this time. Let's stand and sing together. Hymn number 307. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your spirit in this place today. Father, we pray that as we leave this place, we'll carry forth this living water into our homes and into our community and into our workplaces so that other people may experience the love that you have for them. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.